my life I'd like to welcome y'all to the Eminem show I'm sorry mama I never meant to hurt you I never meant to make you cry But tonight I'm cleaning out my closet Welcome Report leaders, viewers, and listeners to a brand new edition of the Pewter Report podcast, Energized by Celsius. It is a Tuesday edition of the show. We are doing it because the Bucks played on Monday night, and unfortunately, their season ended as they fell to the Cowboys 31 to 14 in the Super Wild Card round. So now we're wearing what's next for Buccaneers, and they go shape up the coaching staff. We obviously talked a lot about Byron Leftwich. And we will continue to do so on today's episode. I'm your host, Matt Matera. And joined with me is my fellow colleague and the newest member of the Pat McAfee Show. It is Scott Reynolds. Scott, how are you, you doing? Good. How are you doing, Matt? I'm, I'm hanging in there. I am I was questionable for the podcast, dealing with the nasty cold today. Uh, but uh, I'm, I was a game time decision, but I'm ready to play. Let's do it. Yes, and we appreciate you uh, doing your Michael Jordan flu game to be here uh, for today. Obviously, a lot of news running rampant with the Buccaneers, as it is for any NFL team yep. when the season ends. What changes are going to be made? Who's going to be here? But obviously, when you're talking about the not only just the quarterback position, but the greatest quarterback in the history of the NFL, the news goes tenfold. Um, and then the Byron Nef- Leftwich news as well, which got you on the Pat McAfee show today as well, uh, yeah. talking about that. Uh, that's going to be one of the major discussions up until there's any news about Brady, about Byron Leftwich. Right. But uh, as Peter Report reported, the Bucks are expected to fire Byron Leftwich, and there will be a new offensive coordinator coming to Tampa Bay this season. Yeah, um, we felt very confident reporting that. I still stand by that. Uh, Todd, Bow- uh, Todd Bowles was asked about that today in the press conference, and uh, I'm going to read you verbatim his his uh, statement there. We'll get to the video in a second, but just just so we can address it here. Uh, and if there has been a decision made to move on from Byron Lovich as offensive coordinator, he said, no, there hasn't been any decision. I didn't expect Bowles to say anything other than that unless he was going to announce today that he had, had fired uh Byron Leftwich, which he didn't, and his he was asked uh, for his assessment next of Byron Leftwich. He said, I don't have any assessment right now. We are evaluating players. We meet as a coaching staff later in the week. I'll meet with individual coaches as well as the staff, which you do every year, and we will make those assessments then. Then he was asked uh, kind of like a last follow-up question about this. on if he, if he foresees any coaching staff changes, and he said, like I said, I will meet with the staff at the end of the week, and we'll talk about everything then. I don't want to sit here and say we are talking about things when I haven't even talked over things with my coaches. We do our yearly assessment just like we do with our players. So, you know, what Todd Bowles is is doing is he's you know, doing what a head coach should do. He's using his, his assistants to do the year-end evaluations. He's asking for the position coaches, for the coordinators, to do their assessments of the players, so they have those done, filed away, and then he's going to meet with with his assistants and make some future determinations uh, about about their you know their future serve at the team. And uh, just because it didn't happen today doesn't mean it's going to happen. We're just ahead of the news here. It's uh, I've I've right. got it from multiple sources that there's going to be a change, and this has been a long time coming. So 
it's 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 Todd Bowles' prerogative to do that that uh, change whenever he sees fit, and and it doesn't mean that that it's not going to happen just because it didn't happen today. And for the record, you wrote that the Bucks are expected to fire Byron Leftwich. That doesn't Correct. mean that they were going to fire him an hour after the game or even 24 yes. hours after the game. It just meant that there will be a change at offensive coordinator coming up sooner rather than later, I would imagine, because yeah. Todd Bowles doesn't want to fall into the same situation that he was dealt with last season. So, yeah. John, thank you for the $10 super chat. Yeah, appreciate that uh, very much. That, that's, pretty, that's essentially the answer right there. And yeah. also, uh, another thing that you have to factor in, listen, not every coach and player wants to talk to the media and answer questions, especially after you just got eliminated from the playoffs, and a lot of the questions are going to be like, why did you struggle this year? Why were you bad at that? So if you're Todd Bowles, would you rather uh, not make the decision yet, talk to other coaches, talk to players as well? Because we spoke to some players. They had their end-of-the-season meetings with Todd Bowles. I'm sure Todd Bowles asked a couple of the offensive players, what do you think of Byron Leftwich right. as an offensive coordinator? How do you think the offense was ran this year? So Todd Bowles is going to get as much intel as possible. Yeah. If you're Todd Bowles, would you rather fire Byron Leftwich earlier in the day knowing that you're going to speak to the media later at 3.30 like he did? Right. Or would you rather, again, gather all the intel as much as possible, do your press conference, say, I haven't made any decisions yet, and then right. decide to make a change with Byron Leftwich at offensive coordinator where you don't have to answer anybody and not right. have a camera in front of you. It was the right move by Todd Bowles to not make that yeah. decision from, earlier this morning. You're right. From a PR standpoint, not pewter report, but from a yes. public relations standpoint, it's it's a savvy move. It's it's we'll address the media, say haven't really talked to, to anyone about it. And then whether it's later tonight, whether it's tomorrow, whether it's later in the week, he could make those those decisions. And then Todd Bowles does not really have to speak to the media until the NFL scouting combine. Right. Yeah. Which is like the first week in March this year. So we may not have any time to talk to Todd Bowles about these uh, upcoming changes. Uh, you know, it just I'm just being completely transparent here. PR will blame it on bad sources. Journalists never take responsibility for anything. That's not true. I mean, if if I report something that's not true, I'm happy to say that uh, you know that that we messed up or whatever. But that's not going to be the case here. And I'm extremely confident in my sources. So um, right. So just just wait and see. Just be patient. Yeah. Um. It it didn't happen yet, but it is going to go down. And also to your point of he's not going to have to talk until the combine in Indy in late February, right. early March. Then the questions change to what do you like about the new offensive coordinator that presumably you hired at that point and not right. why did you fire uh, Byron Leftwich? Boy, the, the, you nailed it, Matt. You absolutely nailed it. He would rather talk about the new hire than the firing, right? It's it's He would be more, he'd be more um, uh, eager to talk about, this is my new staff. Rather than these are the guys that that we parted ways with, and you know, and why, right? Without having any replacements there, so I think that's that's the case. Uh, Reynolds keeps teasing me with the Todd Munkin talk. That would be one way to get me instantly optimistic about next year. Yeah, um, you know, I, I'll, I'll say this: I think the Buccaneers are going to be looking at a lot of options. I don't think they're going to rush this decision. I think they're 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 going to try to make the best hire possible for the Bucks organization to get this offense really back on track. You know, I, I was on the Pat McAfee show today and I did some stats, uh, just a little bit of homework there. 
Todd Bowles' defense, say what you want about him as a head coach, the game management and 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 the the deciding to you know to go for it on fourth down or punt or long field goal. There are some some legitimate game management questions about Todd Bowles and some of, of the things that he did, did this year. And I think he owned up to some of those today in the press conference. He talked about uh, how, how they, they let some of these games early in the season get away from them. He wanted to clinch the division earlier in, the, in yes. the year. And he said we, meaning he and the coaching staff, it wasn't just the players. But I, I think when you look at, at Todd Bowles' defense, there were tw- there were 10 games where Tampa Bay's defense allowed 21 points or less. Right, 21 points or fewer. And I think in this day and age, Matt, you can win by by not surrendering more than 21 points. If your defense gives up 14, 17, 20, 21 points, I, I think you, you should have a legitimate chance of still winning the game, right? Absolutely. That, that's not a Herculean feat to overcome. It's not 31 or 34 points or whatever. So the Buccaneers did that 10 times. So out of their 17 games, they gave up 21 points or fewer. 10 times. That's more than half the season. And they were seven and three in those games. You know, some of these games were like a 14 to 12 loss to Green Bay, where, mm-hmm. gosh, you know, a little bit more offense and, and they win a winnable game there. Um, on, the, on the flip side, when you look at, at the offense and you compare using that same measuring stick, the 21 points, how many times did the Bucs score 21 points uh, or more in a game? It only happened six times this whole year. That's, that's less than half. And they were three and three in those games. So just it just goes to show you how lopsided this team was. Defense did its part by and large. Yeah. The That's offense not did not. Large. Oh, sorry. I, I thought I thought you were uh, still going there. Um, I, I'm absolutely with you. In today's NFL, if your defense allows 17 points or less, that is an absolute victory uh in the NFL. And I think we all know a majority of the issues for the Bucs this season was primarily on the offense. I think if you take the same exact defense, which Todd Bowles talked about that, he wasn't exactly happy with the pass rush and uh, the sacks that they were getting from a four-man pass rush. We'll play that video um, a little bit later. But I still yeah. think if you <laughs> – shout out to Matt Scott for the McAfee flu game. Um, <laughs> if you take that same defense, though, I still feel – I don't want to say supremely confident, but I still feel pretty good about that Bucks defense. I know they messed up last night. That yeah. wasn't their best performance, but if you improve the Bucks offense and keep it yeah. relatively the same on defense, this is a team that's going to win 10 games and, you know, clinch the division with much more ease than, uh, you know, than what they did right. this year. We got a super chat from Robbie Leary. Thank you for the 199 super chat. Says, uh, is Levante David coming back? You know, Initially, I was more confident that Levante David would either return to the Bucks or just, you know, retire and say, I, right. hey, I've had a good career. I'm done. But the way that he kind of spoke uh, yesterday after the game and, and talking to him in the locker room today, you know, he said, of course, I would love to retire a buck, but I got to think about what I'm going to do. Right. I feel like that kind of left the door open for, hey, maybe a team will overpay for me. Um, and then maybe go the Bobby Wagner route a little bit. I know the Rams struggled terribly this year, but the idea of, hey, you could still be a starting linebacker, presumably want to go to another team that is pretty good. You know, Levante David and Tom Brady come back season. I don't totally know if I would want to stay with this Bucs team because you're going to have a huge, huge 
question mark. So uh, Levante was asked about retiring a buck. He did say, of course, and what it would be like to uh, be in the ring of honor one day, which I think we're all in agreement should absolutely happen oh, yeah. whenever he decides to retire. No doubt. So we're just going to play that video real quick of yep. one of the greatest defensive players in Bucks history, Levante David. Yeah, of course. Of course. Who would? You know what I'm saying? Um, a, a trusted young man captain. Sitting out, I ain't really think about it till now. You just mentioned it, so it's definitely an incredible, incredible moment. Yeah, I mean, I'd like to see Levante David stay. I really would. But when you see, a, you know, a fixture like Bobby Wagner, I think that was a spot-on comparison there, Matt, on your part. Leave the Seahawks organization and go to the Rams. You know, maybe at first he thought, wow, I'm going to the defending Super Bowl champs, right? Yeah. <laughs> but it wasn't exactly – it was like going from the, the, you know, the frying pan into the fire, uh, unfortunately, for him. But uh, – it really just depends. I, I I think you're going to see Tampa Bay in free agency do a lot of one-year deals. I believe this organization has some buyer remorse over a contract like Russell Gage, which was a three-year deal. And I believe that that and and the Leonard Fournette deal is the same way. I think going forward, at least in the interim, as they try to transition out of the salary cap hell to a degree. They will be going more towards one-year prove-it deals. Carl Nassib comes to mind. Keanu Neal comes to mind. Leonard Fournette after the Super Bowl year comes to mind, Matt. And, and we'll see what the market is for Levante David. I would not be surprised if he hits free agency. I would not be surprised if Jamel Dean hits free agency. And the team sees what they're, what they're getting. And then, it, then it, the decision is the players. Do you want and to take less to stay? Or do you want to go get paid and play elsewhere? And I, I understand that the Bucks are financially in a pretty tough spot. And that's why they will have to do a lot of one-year prove-it deals. But they also really need Levante David. I mean, depending on what they oh, do yeah. with the draft and depending on what other veteran free agents are out there. Yeah. But if you oh, so have you, F- So you, you didn't like K.J. Britt uh, biting down and, and blowing contain on the easy bootleg touchdown? You didn't like that? Didn't love K.J. Britt out there. I, I think you see why they, they released – J.J. Russell before the playoffs, so uh, obviously Ryan Jensen could play. Yeah. You could see why Olakunle Farukasi was let go before yeah. or in in the middle of the season. They don't have an answer as far as a backup inside linebacker goes. They can they get away not. with it at you know at corner and safety. Well, they didn't really get away with it with Zion McCollum, but they had a right. better option with Sean Murphy bunting. We saw the depth that they until had last safety out linebacker until last night. Um, yeah. Outside linebacker, but inside linebacker, they are razor thin yeah. on the depth chart at that position. So, it would not shock me at all if they draft an inside linebacker this year, or again, really try to fill with a with the veteran player. Uh, we do have a super chat from 
Cam, thank you for the 199 Super Chat. I, I like this question. What hurt more, this too. year's playoff or last year? Um, now, I'm going to look at this from the eyes for a Buccaneer fan. You know, we call it right down the middle. We uh, try to be fair and, and objective. Right. I would say for Bucks fans, I think – I I so I think there's two ways of looking at it. The way that I would look at it is that this year hurt more because they weren't even in the game at all. At least last year against the Rams, you had the satisfaction of, oh, my God, the Bucs tied right. it up. Brady yeah. does it again. They're going to go to the NFC Championship game. And I know that got taken away on the blitz right. and Stafford hit cup down the field. But at least for a moment, you could see yeah. the Bucs going to the NFC Championship game. And then it got taken away. But at the end of the day, you're still losing in the playoffs. So it's going to hurt either way. All and right, that Matt. Matt. You. Yeah, sure. Well, I'm going I'm I'm to adjust this question a little bit for you because I, I, want, I want the answer to this question. What hurt more, that playoff loss to the Rams last year or this season, right? Did did this season, the frustration, the sting, right, of, of some of these crazy losses, the, the Panthers game in Carolina, the Steelers loss where they, they basically had Cam Hayward and, and nobody else. Mm -hmm. So w which was worse? Like the 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 slow death by a thousand cuts during the season, right? Or just getting the head chopped off with with the Rams loss. What which was more painful? The long agony of this frustrating <laughs> season, this eight and nine season that was turned into eight and ten, or just the finality of yeah, we're coming back with close and then Cooper Cup. It's it's the death by a thousand paper cuts. It yeah. it has to absolutely be that because the last thing as well for losing the way that they did against the Rams in the playoffs last season, you at least were thinking, okay, well, they had a really good year, won the division, 13 wins. Brady comes back. They're going to be right back in the same spot. And it just didn't happen at all, where this season it was the same mistakes, the same idea of slow start on offense, defense keeps you in, Brady does yeah. something crazy at the end. So, yeah, this year was way more frustrating and aggravating by, uh, by a long stretch. Yeah, it, I just remember, too, catching a lot of flack from fans because I think I had the 11 and six prediction. Yeah. And, and, and I was, I was the one who wasn't 13 and four or 14 and three, whatever, whatever some of the predictions were. I was the low man on the totem pole when I was getting crucified by the fans. What are you doing Reynolds? You're picking the bucks to lose <laughs> six games. Well, you know what? In hindsight, I like 11 and six better than eight and nine. Right. I think everybody does. That's Leo, fair. appreciate the super chat here. Thank you. Leo. I imagine Brady. Oh, and by the way, my predictions absolutely sucked. I mean, I think I think JC was probably the worst, and then I'm I'm like one above him. Josh Capo, hats off to him. I, I am not good at picking week to week. I'm not. I I my 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 bookie uh, bank account is zero because I did horrible met my bets this year overall. Um, I know a lot of things about the Buccaneers. I am not the go-to guy when it comes to picking individual weeks, wins and losses. I just I, I don't know. It's it's crazy. Uh, Leo, five dollar super chat. I imagine Brady wants to know. Who the offensive coordinator is going to be before coming back? I, yeah, I think that's that's fair. I don't know if he's going to have any input in it, Matt, but but he's going to want to know who it is right before he commits to possibly coming back to Tampa. So when do you think they will make the decision and inform Brady? Well, Matt, we're going to be at the Senior Bowl in a couple of weeks, and you know I wouldn't be surprised if you know if if this drags out a little bit. I think they want to make the right decision, not a hurried decision. And I think they want to interview a lot of a lot of uh, you know uh, 
potential candidates. And, and he, even if that means, you know, they're talking to somebody and then somebody else offers that guy some money and he ends up, you know, going elsewhere, you know, so be it. I think, I think they're going to take their time and, and want to, they want to make the right hire here because this is critical, right? This is critical for, for two people, Todd Bowles, who may, may start this season on the hot seat to a degree, right? I mean, with the losing record, even though you won the division, you're, Add on the playoff loss, you're eight and ten. Okay, so it's important for him. He's got to get this higher right. The Glaciers have fired Lovey Smith after two years, Greg Shiano after two years. It can happen, right? Uh, the other guy is Jason Light. Jason Light's, you know, this is a what have you done for me lately league. I think Jason has done a very good job overall in, in building a Super Bowl contender. This is no longer a Super Bowl contending roster. It just isn't. The eight and nine record says that it's not. Um, did they let a couple games get away? Yes, but they also lucked out in a couple games too. So it kind of goes both ways. So Matt, most general managers don't get a second head coaching hire, right? He no, walked in. He walked in the door with Levy Smith in 2014. Levy picked him. He ends up firing Levy, right? He promoted Dirk Cutter, which at the time seemed like. A pretty good idea for continuity with Doug Martin and Jameis Winston, right? The offense wasn't the problem. So that that seemed like it was a reasonable idea at the time. That's technically head coach number two, but choice number one, correct? Then he fires Dirk Cutter and then throws a Hail Mary and connects with Bruce Arians, gets him out of retirement. They win a Super Bowl. That's, that's head coach number two, mm. right? Head coach number three, really, but the second one he's had a hand in bringing to the table. Correct. Now he's on head coach number four, Todd Bowles, the third coach that he's helped bring to the table. Right, He's signed off on this. Bruce is like, hey, I'm out. Jason, Blazers, I want to tab Todd Bowles as my successor. Jason signed off on it. That's why he got this year as the head coaching job. He's on head coach number three, Matt. I don't know many general managers around the league that – that get to pick head coach number four. I just don't. Yeah, specifically for Todd Bowles. I understand he got dealt a tougher hand with the not being able to, uh, you know, pretty much pick his own coaching staff and specifically offensive coordinator. But for Todd Bowles, more for Todd Bowles, but for Jason Light as well, you only get one shot to nail this offensive coordinator pick. Bingo. You and nailed it. The, the tough part where you're kind of putting a square peg into a round hole is you want to get the right offensive coordinator. You also want to get the offensive coordinator that's going to attract Tom Brady to stay in the NFL and stay in Tampa Bay. But you also have to have the frame of mind that Brady's probably only playing one more right. year if he does come back. So yeah. you also have to thread the needle of finding the offensive coordinator that you obviously want to be successful for more than one season right. with Tom Brady. Who's that guy that's going to attract Brady, get your team back on the right track, and then also be great when you have another quarterback coming in, whether it's a rookie, whether they go the veteran route again. Yeah, It is a tough, tough ask, but that it is, is what – Todd Bowles and Jason Light really have to do um, this offseason. I'll tell yeah. you what, though, Scott. Yep. One thing that well is said, not. Man. Well said. Yeah, thank you. One thing that is not really a tough task at all is when I'm choosing an energy drink, I'm going to be drinking a Celsius energy drink, which is the official sponsor 
of the Peter Report podcast. We love Celsius for a variety of reasons, starting with the variety of flavors that they have. You got the Arctic, Tropical, and Peach vibes uh, right there. You can also go with the cola flavor. Um, I was having a strawberry lemonade this morning uh, to, to get my day going. It's an awesome substitute as well for coffee. If you want to mix it up, try something with a little bit of a different flavor and flavorful it is. It's the healthy version of an energy drink. You have seven essential vitamins, zero sugar or preservatives. So you don't get that post-energy drink crash or jitters that you might get later on with other products. Have a Celsius and you're good to go. If you want to find out where to get a Celsius, uh, go to the store locator, punch in your address, and it will set you up with the uh, closest local spot, your convenience store, Walmart, Target, or your bodega. Bodega. And once you go to your bodega and you're like, I love coming to this bodega and getting a singular Celsius, but I want more. I still love you, bodega, but I want it in bulk. That's when you go to Amazon, click on subscribe and save, and start getting Celsius in bulk. I'd recommend getting the variety pack because variety is the spice of life. Why have one flavor of Celsius when you could have multiple flavors of Celsius? Um, have it sent to your house or apartment whenever you want, a week, a month, quarterly. Whenever you do it, just make sure you're drinking Celsius Energy Drinks, the official sponsor of the Peter Report podcast. Hashtag Celsius Lift Fit. Hashtag Celsius Energy. Uh, we had a couple more Super Chats to get to. Yep. Super Chats are rolling in, so we appreciate every single last one of you, both in the comments and uh, Super Chatting us. I want to make sure I don't skip over any. I'm just going to throw this up. I, I appreciate all the feedback in the Pat McAfee yeah. show. And, you know, it wasn't SR crushed the Pat McAfee show. PR, Pewter Report crushed the Pat McAfee show. I was representing Pewter Report, and this is our first time on the, on the Pat McAfee show. And it was a great platform. I mean, 2 million subscribers on YouTube, yeah. uh, which which reminds me, you know, folks, we have a YouTube channel ourselves, Pewter Report TV. We do not have 2 million uh, followers or subscribers, but we're on our way to 10,000. And we want you to be a part of it. If you have not subscribed to Pewter Report TV yet, on our YouTube channel, please do so. And please hit the like button. When you hit the like button on all of our podcasts, all of the, the interview clips, the press conference clips Matt puts up uh, or our interns put up on our Pewter Report TV YouTube channel, it helps our algorithm. It helps get our content in front of more Buccaneer fans, more awesome pewter people like you. So please help us out. We're so close to 10,000. We could really use your support. If you've already subscribed to Pewter Report TV, thank you. If you haven't, make sure you do that today. We greatly appreciate it. But I enjoy being on the Pat McAfee show, and, and I appreciate the, the comments. It was fun to talk Buccaneers on kind of like more of a national platform like that and and spread the, the PR brand. So Yeah, and, the and they they ate it up, too. They absolutely loved it. Uh, they Obviously, A.Q. Shipley is familiar with the Bucs yeah. organization. He was there yeah. when they won a Super Bowl. But no doubt. a lot of great credible information um that they were you know, able to digest and um yeah it was great i like it was great i it was informative it was funny it was the perfect blend of peter report and the pat mcafee show and then he spelled yeah. it out at the end which is great as well yeah we love that who shimmy thank you for the two dollar super chat yes can you break down how get and jensen played that was obviously a big storyline going into the game because nick leverett was yeah. unavailable they called uh they well, I don't want to say called up, but they activated Ryan Jensen yeah. off of the IR. He started at center. Luke Gedeke started at left guard. 
Um, I thought Jensen looked a little bit rusty um, overall. I yeah. think he still brought the physicality and the tenacity, got a 15-yard penalty, but also shoved Michael yeah. Parsons, got him out of the, <laughs> the huddle. Right. Uh, I thought Jensen was okay, maybe missed some opportunities pass blocking-wise, but I think that's going to happen when you haven't yeah. played um, in a long time. I would have to go back and, and pay I, a I've not watched more. the film. I, yeah, I, I, you know, I, I watched it live. I'd have to go back to make an honest assessment. Now I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb and say uh, that, that Gedeke and Jensen didn't play that well. I, I don't think they 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 were stars of the game by any means. Uh, they gave up some pressure in the middle. Really couldn't run the ball that effectively. I, you know, maybe a credible job, maybe subpar. I, I'm not sure. I'll have to go back and watch the film. But we do appreciate right. that, and and we will. It's just this game ended last night. Yeah. We were up. We had a Through lot of the night writing stories. Yeah. Well. yeah. 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 Uh, Mike Reynolds, thank you for the $5 super chat. Great job on the Pat McAfee, sh- Pat McAfee show today, Scott. The moment they realized, oh, you shiitake mushrooms. Uh, this guy's a pro was glorious. Yeah. It was hilarious. Uh, Pat McAfee's the man. Um, he's mentioned us before, which is really yeah. cool. And then to yeah. actually be on the show today was, was awesome. It was, it, it, it was, it was, it was really cool moment. because, I mean, I, I really enjoy the show. We don't watch all of it, right? But um, they do a great job of posting clips on there. Yes. Tune in for Aaron Rodgers. Very informative segments with Rodgers. Uh, AQ Shipley, I think, does a fantastic job mm-hmm. breaking down you know, offensive line play, especially offenses. I, I really dial in. He's a very knowledgeable guy. And I'll tell you what, I would not be surprised if he ends up as as a coach in Tampa. I know he was an assistant or like a like an assistant he to was an a assistant. player. Yeah, he was a player, right. and then he had unfortunately the injury that ended his career. But yeah. they immediately put him on the coaching staff, so he was yeah. kind of. And then he wasn't on the coaching staff this year, right? I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if he's on the coaching staff next year. I'm not saying he's going to. I'm just saying that there he's got some. He's got some some friends and allies in the building still, and and uh, you know th- that's just a name to possibly keep in mind. I don't know if he wants to, you know, be right. an offensive line coach. Or not, yeah, and very good at it, but he's got some allies in the building, and he's got a fun gig with the Pat McAfee show. Oh yeah, over yeah, there he's, super well. smart guy. Really enjoyed being on with him. Mike Sember, thank you for the uh, ninety nine cent super chat. Appreciate it. Uh, if you have thank a you. comment later, we will put it up. Yeah, we got another ten dollars super chat from John. Spilatopoulos. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I said that right. Sorry if I did not, but uh, he says. I think he nailed it, Matt. Yeah, I, I think really I did. did. Yeah, I think, I think he did. <laughs> he says, honest question, dot, 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 dot. Do you guys really want Brady back? Well. That's a great question. It really I, is. It is a great question because, I, you know, I wrote this earlier. Uh, I, I just did a story, pretty much Tom Brady addressing what his future is, when he's going to make that type of decision. And part of what I said in in one of the earlier paragraphs is that I still think Brady's playing at a high level, but I and like forget the stats and everything like that. Yeah. Just the eye test. It was his worst year in his three seasons with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. No doubt. I don't think there's really any argument there. I think that's why you see the touchdown production went way down. It was 43, right. 40 or 40, 43, 25. So a huge, right. huge drop in the numbers there. Yes, he broke the record for number of passing attempts and completions. Well, if you're breaking the record in passing attempts, it probably means you're down in a lot of these games, and that's why you're yeah. chucking it all over the field, and that plays right into the comeback wins and games yeah. like last night where you 66 got to throw 66 pass attempts. Times. God, it's unreal. Uh, 
Do I really want Brady back? I would say yes for a couple of reasons. And I'm just being completely candid with you. You wanted an honest question. We're going to give you an honest answer. Yes. Brady's good for our business. He's good for the media. Yes. He just, he just is. The The amount of of new Buccaneer fans that, that have come on board, and maybe they're Brady bandwagoners, so maybe they'll leave it once he leaves. We'll see. We'll see what our, what our numbers are this year if he doesn't return. But he's good for our business. Um, he's, he, he's also, I think good for the brand of Tampa. Tampa is a small town, right? It still yeah. is. It's, it's or a small city. Right? I'm not trying to knock Tampa. I've lived here for 27 years now, 28, just about, but he, he's really helped put this area like back on the map and bring respectability back to the Buccaneers. And I don't necessarily want that walking out the door when he leaves. I don't want him taking that with this team. And, you know, each each draft class that comes, like this 2023 draft class, if Brady's gone, they will have zero Brady effect. That They will have zero soaking up like a sponge, you know, what Tom Brady is and, and, and the preparation and the intensity, what that's all about. They're going to miss that completely. So for the next generation of Buccaneers, and we're only talking about, you know, what, Six or seven draft picks, a couple undrafted free agents, maybe 10 players. That's about 20% of the roster. I kind of want them to experience what Tom Brady is like. But I want the Tom Brady that will stand in there and throw the ball yeah. and, and take some shots and and not you know throw the ball leaning back and throwing it in the dirt because he doesn't want to get hit. I understand it, man. I'm 50 years old. I feel like 40 years old because of age rejuvenation. But still, even at 40 or 50, taking hits is different than taking hits when you're 25 or 30, Matt. So I understand it on one hand, but they've got to get more protection up front. They've got to be able to do that so he can get back to being more daring in, in the pocket. And I'm not saying he's got to get clobbered in there. I'm not saying he's got to standing there and, and do five and seven step drops and hang in there like a Bruce Arians offense. Maybe a new offense has just some different ways to get receivers open where he's not hanging on to the ball, waiting for these comebacks mm-hmm. and curls. You know, it, I don't know. I, I want to see, I want to see new offensive plays, man. I mean, this Arians offense works great when you have four studly targets in the passing game. When you have two, it is antiquated. It just is. Very much so. I think that that was a, a great way that you expressed all of that. Uh, I'm going to answer the question and say, yes, I do want Tom Brady back as well. And really my reasoning would be, I know there's other options out there outside of Tom Kyle Brady. Trask. Well, yeah, Kyle Trask, the only guy under contract right yeah. now, quarterback for the Bucs. Sure, you can go through the draft, but let's remember the Bucs have a higher draft spot because they did make the playoffs. Um, you could go a veteran route like Derek Carr if, you know, if the dollars and yeah. cents make sense. I know there's options, but someone legitimately tell me who is an upgrade, an upgrade at the quarterback position right. for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers over Tom Brady. There is no one, not even Kyle Trask, there is no one either in the building or that you could bring in that has more chemistry with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin right. and all the other guys that we talked about this season. No one has better chemistry than Tom Brady. No one understands what the abilities of the offensive weapons are than Tom Brady. And no one knows the faults of the offensive line better than Tom Brady. So I'm with you. He's got to throw the ball uh, with more with more confidence in terms of being willing to hold on to it, to 
make the big play down the field or get a new offensive coordinator that will have a more shorter passing game where, you know, you rely on Rashad White to break tackles like he did in yesterday's game or really just put Trayvon Diggs spinning around over and over and over and to, to get the first down. Chris Godwin, great. Uh, at the yak, not when it's a freaking screen pass at the line of scrimmage, but you could throw a five yard pass to Chris Godwin. There's a good chance that he's going to get you the first down or set you up at second and one or second and yeah. two. So there's more than one ways to move the ball down the field. And Bruce Arians, great offense, great coach. You can still be as productive and not just go vertical down the field all the time. I want to get to the super yeah. chat next. So thank you to Joey uh, Buono for the 999 super chat. Going to play a video of Tristan Wirfs. Yeah very soon after this comment as well. Uh, Joey says swapping Donovan Smith and Trista Wirfs could be a good way to boost the left side while keeping the right side solid without using outside resources. Any inside knowledge on whether that's something on the table? So we've actually talked about yeah. this before, Scott. I think we are both advocating for it to at least move Tristan Wirfs to left tackle. I mean, he's an anchor on the right side. He's second right. year all pro uh, this season after an all pro and a pro bowl last year. He is a cornerstone player on this team. Yeah. It's tough to find a great offensive tackle. He's played some left tackle uh, when he was at Iowa. It's something that you can't really make the switch in the middle of the season, especially right. with the injuries that both of these offensive tackles dealt with right. this season. But I strongly recommend that the Bucks have to put resources into getting Tristan Wirfs in here as early as possible to at least practice an attempt moving to uh, the left side. He said it's like wiping your backside with your other hand <sighs> yeah. or throwing with your opposite hand. I get that. But, I mean, this guy's going to be on the team for over a decade. They're not going to You're let right. him leave. So why not just make a guy that you already know is great? And I understand it's an adjustment. But I think he can get the job done moving from the right side to the left side with the Man. right amount of time and practice. This guy can jump out of a pool. Okay, he's he's an athletic freak. Like he can literally stand in a pool and just jump out of the pool, like like the Hulk. And so, when you have a guy that that's athletic, you don't say he can't until he proves to you that he can't. So, I I would definitely give him a shot at the left side. It's it's harder to find a, a really really good or even dominant left tackle than it is a right tackle. And so I'm with you. I, I I at least give him a shot in OTAs and see how that transition's going. Pencil it in. And with Donovan Smith, you really have to be concerned because he's entering a contract year, mm -hmm. right? I think he's what going to be 30 this year. Yeah, it sounds about right. So so he you know he's he's not in the twilight of his career, but he's definitely on the other side of the prime, right? He might be still in his prime in terms of athleticism and can he still do it? But he's on. He's over the hill, not all the way down the hill, but he's he's cresting the hill. Right. He's coming off his best year in 2021 and his worst year now in 2022. How do you balance those two those years out? Should you still keep Donovan Smith on the roster? He's going to cost a king's ransom this year because it's the final yeah. year of his contract. So maybe you want to sign him to an extension to lower that cap number. But do you want to commit yourself to a player if this 2022 version of Donovan Smith is the new normal, right? He had a lot of 
issues, uh, some tragic stuff that happened off the field yeah. that he dealt with. It's And so you have to weigh that in. How much did that weigh on Donovan Smith and, and disrupt his concentration? The organization, I've talked to multiple sources, they believe that it, that it has. This is not Donovan Smith being lazy or Donovan Smith just not giving a damn. It, there, there is some, some real-life issues that happened that negatively affected his play, unfortunately. And so, but you owe it to the team to field the best mm -hmm. starting five, the best 53 on your roster. Should Donovan Smith be a part of that? More importantly, should he be the left tackle for Tom Brady or another quarterback? I like your idea, Matt. I think you you have a gem in Tristan Wirfs, and you don't know what you don't know. So try him at left tackle. What if, what if he is, Matt? What if he's an all-pro left tackle, not just an all-pro right tackle? Yeah, exactly. And that would just add to his Hall of Fame resume. Hey, he was an all-pro yep. on the right side. Look what yeah. happened when he moved him to the left. He's even better. And yeah. I, I do think we have to take everything into consideration for Donovan Smith. You know, he takes a little bit of time away from the game that in the offseason. Uh, maybe he comes back, like, refreshed and ready to go. You don't know how much that could play a factor into it as well. Um, so we did uh, speak to a couple of Bucks players today. You know, players were cleaning out their lockers, having end of the year. Uh, interviews and we spoke to Tristan Wirfs of course he won the Mark Cook Memorial Good Guy Award so typically you're going to talk to Tristan Wirfs yep. a lot and um, he had some good answers today about just how he would describe how this season went and then at the end he had a funny answer about what this would be Tom Brady to bring him back to Tampa Bay and play another season for the Bucs. It's hard to dig ourselves out of but um, you know we did our best we we're fighting till the end um, but frustrating oh that's a good one um i think a lot of people say frustrating there's a lot of frustrating points um you know a lot of highs and lows um i think us as an offensive line you know we went through a lot of stuff um but you know just kept battling you know i think that's that's really the story of the season you know we're battling you know week in week out um you know regardless of the situation so um you know i i know i know you know my group of guys you know, we very resilient um, you know, I love him to death. So, um, yeah, it was an interesting season. I mean, it might have been. I don't know. You guys know how I feel about Tom. I love him. So, you know, whatever he decides to do, you know, I'll be happy for him. I'll probably just twist his arm to stay. <laughs> you know, but it is what it is. You know, I love him. You have a pitch for him. Shit, he gets to. <laughs> Me and him gonna to play together another year. That's my pitch, you know. Um, but no, I, I love him, and I'll, you know I'll be happy for him regardless. You know he's the best part of my whole time. So um, yeah, love him to death. Let's talk about underdog fantasy. I know the Bucks aren't playing anymore, but you can still bet on players for all the NFL games coming up uh, in the divisional rounds of the playoffs, some really fun matchups to watch. And you don't have to limit yourself just to the NFL. They also have uh, picks that you can make in the UFC, in hockey, basketball, uh, baseball when the season comes back, and uh, and golf as well. So a lot of great options at Underdog Fantasy. I'm particularly a big fan of the uh, Pickums and the Rivals. It's the easiest way to get some action on all the professional sports with their pick them and rival games. You just pick an over or under on your favorite or least favorite player stats. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. Underdog keeps it super simple with their easy-to-use website and mobile apps. 
You pick between two and five players to fill out your pick'em slip. Get every pick right and take home some cold, hard cash. Use the promo code PEWTER, that's P-E-W-T-E-R, Get your first deposit doubled up to $100 by Underdog Fantasy. Even if you learn from Plant City Math, you know that that is a heck of a deal. So one more time, that's the promo code Pewter, P-E-W-T-E-R. Get your first deposit doubled up to $100 with Underdog Fantasy. Yep. This kind of goes right into what Tristan Wirfs was saying about Tom Brady and the sales pitch to have him come back. When does TB12 have to give the Bucks this decision by? I think they want it sooner rather than later. At the same time, the season just ended. They're not expecting it tomorrow or, or this week or next week. But I, I think they would like to have it by the time the combine begins. That's yeah. that's you know uh, probably two weeks before the draft. I'm sorry, before free agency starts. Mm-hmm. So I, I think they would want it sometime in February would be ideal. Just so they can make some some plans and. They're still going to evaluate free agent quarterbacks. They're still going to evaluate draft uh, prospects at the quarterback position. So they're going to do their due diligence regardless. But but I, I think that's the timetable. You know, the interesting thing too, Matt, we've talked about Brady a little bit here. I'm curious about a distraction-free Tom Brady, right? He came back this year after I'm going to retire for 40 days. And then I told Giselle, no, I, I don't want to do the whole vacuuming and stuff. I want to. I want to play football, right? <laughs> that decision, right? I'm not privy to to Tom Brady's, you know, uh, you know, personal life by any means, but but I think that decision, the the sudden retirement and the unretirement, that was fraught with some angst. I think that's fair to say, yeah. because a couple months later they're they're divorced, right? Past the summer, so what does a distraction free Tom Brady look like? in 2023, right? What What is a guy that says, you know what? I want to come back. I'm not satisfied with how I played. I'm sure as hell not satisfied with the eight and nine record that my team had in the regular season. I want to play with a healthy Ryan Jensen, not a guy out there hobbling, trying to do it because we, we needed him in, in a playoff game. We were desperate to, to try to win, even though we weren't the better team. I want to see what a distraction free Tom Brady looks like a guy that just, kind of loves the game and and uh and, and and goes all in right from the beginning without the the 10 day hiatus for training camp and without the you know the, there were times man we saw him he didn't look happy during practice and I think Tom yeah. Brady is usually pretty darn happy on the football field that's a sanctuary but now I I think that the the grace guys are gone and it would be interesting to see a recommitted refocused Tom Brady how that player would show up in 2023. There's a lot of yelling and screaming with Tom Brady this year. And I know we'll get the the tablet smash from time to time each season, but it did feel like the yelling and not like a let's F and go type of yell, just like an angry, frustrated yell was a lot more common this year. And I guess you could say, well, that's because they went eight and nine now eight and 10 on the season, but it would be interesting. We kind of talked about it with Donovan Smith, but for Brady just to wipe the slate clean, I'm sure his, Family situation will be a lot more figured out at that point between yeah. moving the kids around and when he's going to see them and and everything of that nature. I'm not going to speak too much more about that because yeah. I can't put myself in, in his situation. But I think, yeah, he would come into next year with a lot more peace of mind, and that can really go a long way. I mean, there was throws that Tom Brady missed during the season, and I think even in yesterday's game, early on, he had Russell Gage open 15 yards down the field, right. and he just overthrew him. 
Yeah. He just overthrew him yeah. for no other reason. He was open. There was space. The blocking was there on the play. And you just overthrew him. Um, so, yeah, there were times that Brady just – he has still has the talent, the arm strength, everything else, the zip to get the ball there. And he just, like, really missed it for whatever reason. So, yeah. I mentally, like, how many times um, that really messed with him. And I think Bruce yeah. Arians is a guy that – he said it a lot of the time that – 90% of playing quarterback is from the neck up. So right. obviously that has to play a factor. I love this question from Colin. Thank you for the $2 super chat. Beers with Nacho or Ryan Jensen? That's easy. So That's I, easy. I think I, are you going with Ryan Jensen? I'm, Ryan Jensen, he's bringing the brisket, man. He's he's going to have some sort of barbecue with him. You're not going to just have beers with Ryan Jensen without food. Yeah, that's true. Right. So and I um you know, I love Nacho to death. He's We've one had of my dinner go-to with guys. Nacho before. We have had dinner with Nacho. Yes, you know, but I, I actually I, uh I have a quick funny story uh, yeah. about Nacho recently. So for uh Bucks fans and Peter Report fans, you may have seen on our social media uh, we came up with a fun little uh, photo last week where uh, we had it was like a you know lunch cafeteria and a bunch of tables, four people to a table. Which table right. would you sit at? And and we mix it up like an offensive player, a defensive player, both from this year's Bucks team, a historical right. Bucks player, whether it's Rondé Barber, Derek Brooks, and then either a coach or like we threw in Buck Nasty and a mascot, and right. so it was very random and. I went around to some of the players that were at a table and I said, excluding the table you're sitting at, who would you pick? What right. table would you sit at? And not, I went to Nacho and Nacho, he was at a table because he wanted to see where he was sitting first. Yeah. It was him, Tom Brady, Jake Camarda, and uh, I'm forgetting who the last person was, but he's like, <laughs> at the maturity, man, I'd be flaming the goat, like making fun of him the whole time. So uh, Nacho. Nacho really liked the experiment, and he was kind of getting on Tom Brady's case in a, in a comical way. So I'm going to pick Nacho just because he's going to make me laugh the whole time. He's an awesome dude to interact with. So uh, that's why that's why I'm going to pick Nacho with that one. Uh, I think you're mu- muted, Scott. I'm muted. There we go. I just unmuted. Sorry to blow my nose. I've got this nasty cold happening. But, yes, you know, you'll be spitting your beer out a couple times with Nacho from laughter. So <laughs> it's either laughter or brisket. You can't go wrong with either Nacho or Ryan Jensen. No, you cannot. And Mike WP69, thank you for the 999 Super Chat. Mike says, great show, Scott and Matt. Thank you. I think it might be our, our best one ever. Um, I got, wouldn't. We got about ten minutes, but it, so far this is the best Peter yes. Report podcast we've ever done. I'm feeling pretty good about it. I wouldn't be surprised if Brady returns. I think it's more likely than playing for another team. Am I way off? Uh, we've talked about this a lot, but you know you're going to super chat us, so it bears repeating. And and we will say you got to look at a lot of the other situations. The grass is not always greener, Scott, as, as you have said before. Um, the 49ers, when it once looked really appealing. They got a yeah. pretty good situation with Brock Purdy right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Miami, at, at, at first, at first, Brady wanted to go to the 49ers. They said, no, we've got Jimmy Garoppolo. Sorry, yeah. legend. Sorry, <laughs> goat. We don't need you. And Tom was like pissed off at the 49ers again. Now, if you were to go back, we've got Mr. Irrelevant, the guy that beat you, Brock Purdy. Yeah. No. Sorry, goat. Seven. Sorry, goat. Stay in Tampa or go to the Raiders or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And then so people want to say, yeah. So the Raiders, the other situation there. The team is way worse than the Bucs, like roster-wise, yes. offensive line, yes. offense, defense. You're playing in a way, way tougher division with right. Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert, so that's right. pretty tough. The Dolphins seem committed to Tua. I think that one could still kind of be on yeah. the table depending on, on Tua's health. But then again, 
You're going to the AFC East. The Jets are a quarterback yeah. away from being a contender. The Bills, obviously, are a great team. I don't think there's really a better spot than uh, Tampa Bay. Nashville does intrigue me a little bit, uh, Tennessee, for Brady, because they have a lot of good pieces. They lost A.J. Brown, so they're not as great a wide receiver, right. and he obviously has a relationship with Mike Vrabel. But I think his best option is to is to play for the Bucks next season. I agree. I, I do. Uh, I was going to say here, uh, Gino, that with a uh... – $10 super chat. Any Jim Caldwell talks for offensive coordinator? No, I've, I've not heard that. We haven't really heard any names yet. I think the two guys that I've written about that make the most sense, Todd Munkin, I know that he's been talked about at least or discussed. Don't know how serious the team is about that. Uh, they should be. He's a hell of a play caller. Uh, if you watch the the Georgia Bulldogs over the last two years, they've, they've, yeah. they've won two national championships, and his play calling in, in that national championship it doesn't get any better than that you let up 65 points on yeah. anybody <laughs> in the national championship that's pretty damn good uh, and then bill o'brien would be the other one bill o'brien if he doesn't go back to new england to to reunite with bill belichick which i'm hearing that there's a chance that happens that could be somebody tom brady has connected with that was his quarterbacks coach and play caller during his time in uh in new england and that that could be somebody that he has some NFL experience and then he went to college, right? And and uh that Alabama offense was actually ranked fourth in, in scoring one spot ahead of Todd Munkin's Georgia team. So Bill O'Brien, fourth uh ranked scoring Crimson Tide over Todd Munkin's fifth ranked Georgia Bulldog offense. So either one of those guys would be tremendous. They both have NFL experience, of course. With uh, Bill O'Brien, you've got the New England connection with Brady and with Jason Light. And he also has some head coaching experience from the Houston Texans days where he took them to the playoffs a couple times. Also wouldn't rule out Frank Reich. That's a name that yep. we've talked about a little bit. But I think with Frank Reich, kind of like uh, Todd Munkin as well, the Bucs aren't going to be the only team that's looking after him. So Correct. it's not like the Bucs just have everybody at their disposal. These that's are just a great some point. of the candidates that we're talking about. Thank you, Mike Semmer, for the uh, $4.99 super sticker. Appreciate that. Yep. Thank you to William for the $2 super chat. I believe Bill O'Brien is the offensive coordinator for Brady to stay. It's obviously intriguing. They have uh, they have history together, and um, it would make sense. It probably would convince Tom Brady to come back, or at least it would, it would give it a good shot. Again, right. the other part of that equation is what about after Tom Brady isn't there? Yeah. Is it still – the right fit. So obviously that's why the Bucks are going to talk to a lot of people. Yep. Cam with the 199 super chat. Should the Buccaneers go for another wide receiver this draft? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. I don't think yes. Julio Jones is going to be back. I Correct. think as you said earlier, buyer's remorse with Russell Gage. We do hope Russell Gage uh does get better. He he has a concussion. He stayed yeah. overnight in the <laughs> hospital, but he tweeted today it looks like he's doing better. The Bucks right. absolutely need another wide receiver unless they're going to try to rely on Devin Tompkins and Scotty Miller. Both fun guys to watch, but not an ideal solution right. um, at that position. I see yeah. one other super chat. Well, I was going to say real quick about the, the wide receiver in the draft. This is not a, a great wide receiver draft. This is not a very deep draft, a wide receiver. Tight end, it's flush. There are some great tight ends in this draft. Receiver, not so much, although there are some really intriguing guys. The guy I like is, is Boston College's um, uh, Zay Flowers. He okay. he's a tremendous player. Reminds me a lot of Antonio Brown. Quick separator, fast, clutch hands. And uh I think this team needs to get faster. I think they need some real speed on offense because 
uh, with Mike Evans, he he's a long strider. He can he can get some separation, but it's not anything quick. It's not immediate. It's it's kind of down the field. Godwin still is not separating like you would want him to, and, and that's understandable coming off of a torn ACL. He was lucky to kind of play this year, and and he's better now than he was at the beginning of the season, Matt. But Russell Gage hurt his hamstring. He was not the separator they, they expected him to be. They need some juice on offense, and I think that they might even look at replacing Leonard Fournette and pairing Rashad White with more of a speed back to help them. You know, and folks, we've appreciated all of the super chats that that you've done that they've helped us. And uh, you know, if if you, um, you know, what are we going to do with all of this money, Matt? What are we going to do with all of this money that we get from the super chats? And we appreciate, uh, you know all of you pure people for bestowing that that upon us, this end of season love, which is great. Well, we're probably going to invest it. And if we're going to invest it, it's going to be at Muni Financial. At A Muni Financial, we help you live in the now. Congratulations. We're so happy Thank for you. you. Thank you. And even though the now may feel very different, you still need to plan for the future. How's retirement treating you? Oh, just fantastic. I know I say it all the time, but you really got to come up to Colorado. Let's do it. All right. Yeah. We can help you develop that plan to keep you on track so you can still prepare for tomorrow, today. Amuni Financial. Plan ahead, stay ahead. Amuni Financial, 40 years of experience in the Tampa Bay area, but not just in Florida. And what I mean by that is, is Amuni Financial, they're licensed to help you all across the country. So even though they're located in St. Petersburg, they can help you all across the state of Florida and all across the country. They've helped clients since 1980 with advisory services, brokerage services, legacy and retirement planning, investment banking, insurance services, annuities, and sales and trading. So if you're looking for a place to invest some money, make some money with your investment, and if you're looking for a company that wants to help you plan ahead and stay ahead, well, you found them. It's Immunity Financial. Give them a call at 1-800-868-6864 or visit them on the web at immunity.com. I think we had one super chat that we missed. So uh, real quick, as we close out the show, want to say thank you to Teddy, who Teddy is always consistently uh, giving us super yes. chats and up in the uh, up in the comments. So wanted to make sure we got to Teddy's uh, as that. well. He says, uh, Luke Easterling's tweet says it best. Hire the best leader to be your head coach, not the best play caller. Hope right. Bowles has a plan to do that next year because this season looked and felt bad. Like, the old days. Yeah. I think uh, kind of one of the themes of this podcast today is clean slate. I think Bowles getting to have his own guys in here, still being able to run his defense and hopefully an upgraded offense. Like you pointed out earlier, the defense, you know, they can have games where they allow less than 21 points. This offense, I don't care who's their third wide receiver next year, who right. their fourth is. When you have Brady, Evans, Godwin, and throwing Rashad White and maybe Leonard Fournette next season, that's still yeah. more than enough that's right. to get you 21 points and more. So, yeah, exactly. a lot of it's going to fall on Todd Bowles. A lot of, lot of important and tough decisions to make uh, this upcoming offseason. Yep, Malcolm Hawthorne with the last comment. We appreciate all the comments. And we're going to do um, another show tomorrow, 4 o'clock Eastern. No, is it 4? We're doing 7 tomorrow. We're doing 7 tomorrow. Another primetime oh, show. Yeah, another primetime show tomorrow. The absence of Antonio Brown was also very big for the Buccaneers, plus losing Gronkowski. Losing those two players dropped 10 points a game from the offense. 
Not to mention less touchdown production from Mike Evans, who had 14 touchdowns last year, only ended up with six this year. That's that's eight less touchdowns. That was big. So speaking of big, this was a big show, Matt. This is a big day today. We appreciate uh, everyone who checked out our content on PeterReport.com. Folks, we rule the offseason. If you're looking for offseason content, the Buccaneers, draft, free agency, coaching plans, this is the place. Make sure you stay tuned to the Pewter Report podcast tomorrow night at 7 o'clock Eastern where we're going to top today's show and have the best Pewter Report podcast ever. Appreciate you guys very much. For Matt Matera, I'm Scott Reynolds saying we'll see you tomorrow night on another edition of the Pewter Report.